Welcome to Rome Christian Center. We are so glad that you are with us here today. If you are local to the Rome, New York area, we would like to invite you to join us 10 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on Sundays. We are located at 7985 Turin Road in Rome, New York. Let's join the service as we believe God has something in store for you today. Don't forget to pray for our president uh, and for all the leaders. You know, the Bible says that the first thing we're supposed to do is pray for kings and all who are in authority. And uh, whether you like him or don't, uh, he's our president and we pray for him. And uh, we bless him, Lord, in Jesus' name. We pray you surround him and protect him. Give him wisdom, Lord, great wisdom and courage to lead, Lord, to make decisions in line with your will and your word. We pray, Lord, for the Congress. We pray for the Senate. We pray for the Supreme Court. We pray for all those who rule over us, who lead us. Touch them, Lord. Touch them. Pray for our governor. We bless him, Lord. We bless him in Jesus' name. Reveal yourself to him, O God, that he would know you and love you. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen, hallelujah. I hope everybody's registered to vote and is planning on voting. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you for your word, Lord, that brings us strength and life. Your words are spirit and they're life. Life to those that find them in health, all their flesh. We thank you for your word as we receive it tonight in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Let's go to Psalm, Psalms, period 62. That's where we'll start tonight. Psalm 62, verse 1. My soul waits in silence for God only. From him is my salvation. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold. I shall not be greatly shaken. My soul waits in silence for God only. I just want to share with you for a little, for a little while tonight about waiting on God. The Bible has really a lot to say about waiting on God. We don't talk about it very often. We probably should talk about it a little bit more. But in Isaiah 64, it says, God acts on behalf of those who wait for him. Wait for God to speak. Wait for God to manifest. Wait for God to show himself to us. It's very, I've, at least in my walk with God, I've found that very seldom does God uh, say something and then do something immediately thereafter. It seems that there's always a time. And I was thinking this message kind of is a, is a companion message to a, to a week ago Sunday, uh, which everybody I'm sure remembers what I preached. You know, sometimes I don't remember what I preached. But I, I, I preached a message a couple weeks ago called In Due Time. And in due time means you have to wait. There's waiting. There's a waiting for God to do what he said he was going to do, to manifest himself in our lives. And he will if we'll just wait in faith and believe him. But uh, then there's a scripture in Isaiah chapter 40 that we 
that we probably all know, and it says, but they that what? That wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. I tell you, when you wait on God, when you just put yourself in his presence and you say, God, here I am. I'm just waiting. I'm waiting for you to speak. I'm waiting for your presence. I'm waiting for you to manifest. When we do that, there's a strength that comes. He, he kind of like downloads into us, and we walk away uh, just different, you know, ready to take on the day or whatever. But who these that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not go weary. They shall walk and not faint. God will bless us when we spend time waiting on him and just in his presence. In Hebrews chapter 6, it's a familiar, another familiar scripture. It says that it's through faith and patience that we wait upon the Lord. Waiting that we inherit the faith and patience that we inherit the promises of God. And then after that, talking about Abraham, it says, so having patiently waited, he inherited the promise. He patiently waited for God to fulfill the word that he had promised him. When we wait, we wait expectantly. We're supposed to wait expectantly, believing God, trusting God, you know, I thought it's kind of like waiting for a baby to come. You know, you, there's a, a woman who's getting ready to have a child. She knows about the time it's going to come, but she doesn't know the exact time. And the closer it gets, the more expectancy you, the more expecting you have. But you have to just wait for the timing. You wait for that baby to decide that he wants to start breathing or she wants to, they wants to come into this world. But we wait expectantly, and we're hoping. We're looking for the coming of the promise. Hallelujah. One reason I think why we have trouble waiting is that our brains have become so accustomed to stimulation that it's, it, it has become addicting. You know, people today can't do anything without some kind of stimulation. You know, it seems like we have to have it all the time. Uh, TV, earbuds, cell phones, you name it. There always has to be something going in, and I, I'm, it's not wrong. I'm not. I'm not saying you shouldn't have earbuds, but I mean, wherever people go, it's like they have their phone. I, I was waiting for my wife. She had a doctor's appointment last week, and I was sitting in the parking lot. They wouldn't let you wait inside, and, uh, you know, some lady came out. She got in her car. As soon as she got in her car, she popped her phone. You know, and she's and I'm thinking that's that's the thing. The first thing you have to do is check your phone. You can't go five minutes without checking your phone. People take it to the bathroom with them. I mean, you can't go anywhere without your phone. Now, I leave mine in the car when I come to church. I shouldn't even bring it. I suppose I just leave it home and say, you know, I'm not that important. You you can you can wait. I'll call you later. Praise the. But. We, we get overstimulated and we become addicted to it. We don't know how to just be quiet in the presence of God. Just settle down and be quiet to connect with God. I heard someone say this. I try to find it today uh, to find out who said it. I couldn't find out who said it, but I've got it. It's like someone said this technology is revolutionary, revolutionizing our lives, but it's ravaging our brain. It really is. Steven Spielberg said this. Uh, he was giving a talk once, and he said, in other generations, people wanted to be educated, improved, enlightened, and empowered.
But in this generation, they want to be entertained. That's all they want. You know, it's sad. It's sad. But the greatest fear of many people, the greatest punishment you can give it to your kids is to take their phone away. You know, take their tablet away. You know, it's like, wow, how could you how could you be so mean? Do something else, but don't take my phone away, you know. It's the it's the greatest fear, I think, of a lot of people is 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 not physical health or sufficient finances, it's being disconnected. It's not, you know, it's not being, it's being out of touch with the, with what's going on in Facebook and Tic Tac or Talk Toe or Twitter or whatever, whatever it is. <laughs> See, they're laughing. I don't know any of that stuff. But people are just, they're, they're, I, mean, I knew somebody one time, they were, they were texting literally hundreds and hundreds of, te of, of, of text messages a month. Back when you, I don't know, it used to be you had to pay for them or something, but hundreds, hundreds just texting. And I figured out they, they, had to be, they had to be texting like almost 100 times a day. It was phenomenal. But that's, people just spend all time on their phones. But we, we've got to learn to be still. You know, the Bible says be still and know that I'm, we've got to be quiet. We've got to get, we've got to settle down. We can't hear from God when you're on your phone, when you're watching TV, when you're busy, when you're in Facebook. You can't really hear from God. You get alone, you got to get alone to hear with God. And I want to hear from God. I need to hear from God. I know we all do. If you're going to hear from God, you have to go to a secret place. What did Jesus say in Matthew chapter 6 when he talked about prayer? When you pray, what did he say? He said, go into your inner room. Go into your closet, your inner room, and pray in secret. And the Lord who sees in secret will reward you openly. But what it means is you separate yourself. Separate yourself from all the other voices that want to talk to you, that want to scream at you. Turn the phone off. Put, but don't take your phone into prayer with you. Leave it. We have, to, we have to get along with God. We have to wait on God. If we're going to hear his voice, if we're going to receive from his spirit, if we're going to be strengthened by him, it has to be just kind of a one-on-one, -on -one, just me and God, and that's the only way it works. You know, I just, I was thinking, back when we had dial telephones, remember the, remember the rotary dial telephone? Someone, one of my grandkids was asking me about that the other day. He said, Grandpa, did you, did, you, did you used to have a phone where you stuck your finger in and you turned it? I said, yeah. And then we had, then we had uh, push-button phones. That was real tech, technology. Then we had mobile phones where you could walk around the house with it. But still, even in all that, the phone stayed in the house. It didn't go with you. You know, there were actually times where you had people couldn't get a hold of you. And we lived through it. it was amazing. We lived through that time. But we did. Hallelujah. It takes more faith, I think, to wait and to trust God than it does to work, to try to get it done ourselves. Wait for the Lord, the Bible says. Yes, wait. He alone is my hope and my salvation. I remember years ago, my wife and I were in Thailand, a little up, a little town called Nekompanam. We weren't in Bangkok. We were in a little town way up country. And I remember my wife saying, when she got there, she said, I could feel myself just, I could feel my life just, just 
quieting down. Everything, everything went, everything was so peaceful, so slow. Nothing really was uh, push, push, push. Everything was kind of, and what, and it was interesting. If you wanted to make a phone call to like Bangkok, you picked up the phone in the morning, and you got an operator, and she said, "Yeah, I'm gonna help you." You know, she's talking, and I said, "I want to call Bangkok one, two, three, four, five. Okay, thank you, and you hung up. And she might call back with a connection, and she might not. And if she doesn't, the next day you pick up the phone and you say, I'd like to call Bangkok, one, two, three, four, five. And eventually you get through, but everything was so, so, so slow. It was just such a more of a peaceful atmosphere. And you got used to that. And you come back to the States, then it's run, 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 run. But we get so busy that we don't know how to settle down. And that's the real key. We've got to learn to get quiet with God, to be alone with God to wait on him, to wait for him to speak, to wait for him to impart, to wait for him to guide, direct. We have to wait for God because he is Lord. He's the boss. He is sovereign. He dictates what, when, and where. And we have to just wait for him. And he'll speak when he's ready. What we have to do is be in the right place. I don't know. God very seldomly says when he, that when he gives us a promise, hang in there and I'll do this in three weeks, two months, whatever. We just have to wait until he's ready. You know, God spoke to Abraham, said you're going to be the head of a nation. How long did he have to wait? 25 years. 25 years he had to wait. I had to wait for, not so they become a nation, 25 years just to start, to have a son, to begin the process, you might say. He had to wait while he and his wife went beyond the age of producing a child and bearing a child. He had to wait, but the Bible says, having patiently waited, he obtained the promise. So you have to wait in faith. You don't just wait uh, and do everything else but thank God, but you have to thank God. It's, it's not a passive waiting. It's not a do not, it's an active waiting. It's a thanking God. It's a, it's, a, it's a saying, God, I bless you and I thank you. I'm waiting for you. I bless you. I praise you. Praising God for the, for the answer. Reminding him of what he said. Worshiping him and staying in faith, active faith. The Bible says that in, uh, concerning Abraham in Romans chapter 4 that, that he grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. So while he was waiting for the promise to manifest, he wasn't griping and complaining, and I don't know when it's going to happen. Look at me, I'm getting old, you know, and telling all your friends, I don't know, God promised this, but it hasn't happened. I don't know when it's going to happen. No, he grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. He was thanking God for the promise. He was praising God it was going to happen. Hallelujah. And that's the way we need to be. When God speaks, or when we're believing God for something, stay in faith, wait on him, and stay in faith. Keep praising him, keep, keep thanking him, and the answer will come. Hallelujah, it will. It may take some time, but it'll come. Sometimes we lose a blessing because we don't wait. Saul, King Saul, lost the kingdom because he disobeyed twice. But the first time he disobeyed God, was he, his big sin was he didn't wait. They were going to fight the Philistines. Samuel told him to go to this particular place and, and to wait seven days, Samuel said. I'm going to come and I'm going to offer the sacrifice before you go into battle. And so he went there, but the troops are getting nervous and some of the troops are deserting. 
And he waited seven days, and Samuel didn't come. So he said, you know what? I'll do it. I'll offer the sacrifice. And as soon, the Bible says as soon as he offered the sacrifice, who showed up? Samuel. You know why? Because God sometimes is never late, but he's very often last minute. And Samuel came last minute, but he, he blew it. Samuel said, what have you done? What have you done? I told you to wait. Well, the people were deserting, and I was afraid you weren't coming. And No, you have to trust God. If God says he's coming, he's coming. You have to trust him. Wait. Be patient. Trust him and wait, and he'll show up. Joseph had to wait. Had to go through a trial. Sold into slavery in Egypt, thrown in jail. What was God doing? Testing him. What was the test? He had to endure. He had to wait for the promise to come to pass, and he did. It says in Psalm 105, it says that the word of the Lord tested him. He had a promise from God, but he had to go through a process before that promise could be realized. Moses, the Bible says, was the meekest man on the earth, but not always. There was a time when Moses tried to take things in his own hands, went out and killed the Egyptian, had to run, hide for 40 years in the backside of the desert. That's where he learned to be meek, by waiting 40 years. David was given a great promise. You're going to be the king. And what happened? He spent the next dozen or so years running for his life. God was watching him to see if he would endure, if he'd wait and stay faithful. And he did. And the promise came. So don't give up. God is faithful. He's watching over his word to perform it. And the word of God will succeed in the matter for which he sent it. For every one of us, if we'll trust him, if we'll believe in him, and we'll wait in faith. Waiting causes us to depend on God. It makes us realize that we can't do it ourselves. That we need him. We need his strength. We need his power in order to bring an answer. If we try to handle it ourselves, we mess it up. That's what happened to Abraham. Abraham got nervous along the way. And he said, you know what? I gotta take I gotta take matters into my own hands. And he gave it and he went and had a child with Hagar. And 4,000 years later, that whatever that is, that's still a problem in the earth today. So don't, be, don't try to get things done yourself. Let God do it through you and for you. David Hogan is a missionary to Mexico. Powerful man of God. A different kind of a personality. Almost, almost wish you could experience him. He's really, he's really kind of rough around the edges, but he's, he has a tremendous miracle ministry in Mexico. But when he first started his ministry, he was having no success as far as healings and miracles. I mean, in, right now, he's raised many, many, many people from the dead. I mean, it's amazing what's, what he's done. Not everyone that they prayed for has been raised, but they've raised many people from the dead. But when he first started off, he wasn't getting, he wasn't getting anything done. He was frustrated, and he, and he went before God. And he really began to seek God. And God told him, you have to fast and pray for nine months. I want you to fast three days and eat two. Fast three days and eat two. And I want you to do that for nine months. Nine months. It's a long time to be fasting and praying. Fast three days, eat two for nine months. 
But he did it. And after nine months, why, why did it take so long? Why do you have to wait nine months? I don't know, but that was just God's plan. And after nine months, the miracle started to break out. His whole ministry changed if he was willing to do what God called him to do and to wait for God to, to manifest himself. In Acts chapter 1, Jesus commanded the apostles to wait, wait in Jerusalem until I, till you receive the promise of the Father. So we have to wait. We have to wait till God, till God's plan comes to pass. To everything, there is a season, it says in Ecclesiastes, and a time for every purpose under heaven. It speaks of the sovereignty of God. God really is sovereign. He does what he wants, when he wants, the way he wants. And all we can do is cooperate. He determines the times and the seasons. Why was it necessary for Abraham to wait 25 years? I don't know. That was just the way God did it. Why was it necessary for Israel to spend 400, day, 400 years in Egypt? You know, I often wonder, why not 200? Why not 300? Why four? I don't know, but God's boss, and he calls the shots. And we have to do it his way. But look what happened. They came out victorious, and they finally entered the land of Canaan and possessed the land that God gave them. They had to do it God's way, but it works every time. In Psalm 130, in verse 5, it says this, I wait for the Lord, my soul does wait, and in his word do I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than the watchman for the morning, indeed more than the watchman for the morning. None of those who wait for you, the Bible says, speaking of the Lord, in Psalm 26 says, none of those who wait for you will be ashamed. God will come to those who wait. God will bless those who wait Spend time on him, with him, and wait on him. Active wait, giving glory to God, staying in faith, praising God, thanking him for the answer. What is it you need from God? What is it you need from God? Put everything aside and just spend some time with him. Say, God, here I am. I'm waiting on you, Lord. I'm waiting to hear your voice. I'm waiting for your direction. I'm waiting for your presence. I'm waiting for all that you have for me. I'm waiting on you, Lord. I'll let you lead. I'll follow. I'll do what you call me to do. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll, I'll say what you want me to say. I'm waiting on you, Lord, to speak, to direct my life, and I'll follow you wherever you direct. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Be still, the Bible says. Be still and know that I'm God. We wait for his presence. We wait in his presence. We wait on the Lord. We quiet ourselves down. We wait for him, and he'll manifest himself in your life. So I just want to encourage you. It's difficult, difficult for every one of us. I think one of my, one of my, one that's always been a struggle in my life is to just quiet myself down. My mind wants to run 100 miles an hour, thinking of all the things that need to be done for a particular day. So you got takes me about 15 or 20 minutes to really kind of finally settle down when I'm praying and just quiet myself down and, and get in the presence of God and then just wait for him. Wait for him to direct. 
Wait for him to speak. Wait for him to impart. It's the greatest thing that could ever happen. I tell you, the reason why I like waiting on God because I don't have to do it myself. I take me out of the answer. God, I'm waiting on you. I'm not, I'm not going to have to try to figure this out. I'm not going to try to have to find an answer myself. I'm going to wait on you. And when I get the answer from you, it's always right. Hallelujah. So I just want to encourage you. Spend time waiting on God and see what happens. You'll be blessed. I guarantee it. Praise God. Father, I pray for every one of us that we'd hunger for your presence, that we'd hunger for more of you in our lives, Lord. We'd hunger for a deeper relationship. We'd hunger for an anointing. We'd hunger for your presence, for wisdom and guidance and direction in our lives. I thank you that as we wait upon you, as we take time in your presence, that we'll hear your voice and receive all we need. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for being with us today. Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's word and that you be filled with his love and strength as you daily serve him. To learn more about our service times and our ministry and how it is that you can partner with us, visit us online today at romechristiancenter.com.